Well, we are over in Joshua chapter 9 tonight. Joshua the 9th chapter, just a few things in review as we've looked over the previous chapters here. The first off, the command came to Joshua to be strong and very courageous. Be strong and very courageous. This is not a quality trait that was recommended. This was a command of God. He said, God said to Joshua, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Now, as we talked about this before, just a remembrance of this. This is like saying when a spider comes crawling into the room and lands on your lap. <laughs> and your spouse says, do not be afraid. What's that do for you? <laughs> for most of us, it gets us mad. <laughs> you know, if my wife has a spider show up and she doesn't like them, she's not real fond of spiders. Uh, there's some bugs that don't bother her too much, but that's not one of them. And if one of them shows up, she wants me to come on in and take care of it. Sometimes, you know, I gross her out. I go over there and I just pick it up. Yes. Carry it outside and put it out there. And, and she don't like that. She gets more grossed out by that if I would have just stepped on it. <laughs> but, but if I tell her, do not be afraid, uh, she's not going to be too thrilled about that, is she? So how do you think Joshua felt when God says, do not be afraid? He says, well, you know, you're not on this side. You're not over here. Be strong and very courageous. Do not be afraid. Nor be dismayed. So do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. Don't, don't be, these are commands. If it's a command, then it's something we can do. I can choose to obey or I can choose to disobey. So if I become fearful about the things that God says do not be afraid over, I've chosen to be afraid. I may think it's just an emotional response on the inside, but that's not how God sees it. So if there's a difference in opinion between how God sees it and how I see it, who's right? <laughs> For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Can you think of a place that you can go where the Lord of God, the Lord God is not with you? We surely can, because that's why we're afraid. <laughs> Whenever we are afraid, we think we are in a place where the Lord God has not gone with us. Otherwise, we wouldn't be afraid. As we saw in their defeat with AI, God is not behind everything that happens. Too many Christians have this idea, well, whatever happens, it's God. That is not right. And that will get you in trouble. That's a de de deception from the enemy to make you accept anything that happens as being God's will because then you don't fight it. God is not behind everything that happens. Just because it happened doesn't mean it's His will. Doesn't mean it's done in His sovereignty. <laughs> or anything else like that. God is not behind everything that happens. Some things the enemy is behind. Some things our own stupidness. Some things we just disobeyed. When they all got before, before God and said, Oh, we can't believe it. We, we lost and Joshua's crying the blues. And God says... Get up! Why do you lie thus on your face? Israel has sinned. Therefore they could not stand before their enemies. God seen them pretty clear cut. Why are you wasting your time out here seeking me for it? You ought to know what's going on. Israel sinned. Now this be strong and a good courage we see all over the Word of God. I did a search one time and just of all the times in here. It's a fun search just to see where this, this goes. Be strong and a good courage. David said to his son Solomon, in First Chronicles 28, verse 20, Be strong and of good courage and do it. Do not fear nor be dismayed. For the Lord God, my God, will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you until you have finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. Where do you think he got that from? He got that straight from Joshua. Joshua got it from Moses. Of course, God gave it to, to all of them. I told you this uh, a long time ago, but Charlie Brown, one of my favorite, probably my only Cartoon character I like. The peanuts. They're, they're enjoyable. Sometimes I lie awake at night and I ask, where have I gone wrong? Then a voice says to me, this is going to take more than one night. <laughs> Don't we sometimes think that way? Well, Joshua had the thing go wrong, but they got it right. And they went on in there and they took care of the, the place. So now that they got AI, before AI wasn't even, was barely a blip on the map and their victory over it really wouldn't have caused much trouble in the uh, Canaan land at all. 
But since it went the way that it did with the defeat and then the victory and the burning of the city and such, the people of the land focused their attention on what was going on. And in verse 1, And it came to pass when all the kings who were on this side of the Jordan in the hills and in the lowland, and all the coasts of the great sea toward Lebanon, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Canaanite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite, heard about it. Heard about what? Ai. That they gathered together to fight with Joshua in Israel with one accord. In other words, they said, you guys have been taking us on one at a time, so we're not going to have that. We're, we're not doing so well that way. We're all going to get together. Now, these are probably not the most agreeable of people. They are different people and they probably have had even wars among themselves. But how easy it is for people to, to unite when they have a single enemy. Then they get together and they, they focus on that one. And they gathered together to fight with Joshua and Israel with one accord. But when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard that Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, they worked craftily and went and pretended to be ambassadors. And it took old sacks on their donkey, donkeys, old wineskins torn and mended, old and patched sandals on their feet, and old garments on themselves, and all the bread of their provisions was dry and moldy. Well, we see that they have uh, undergone a plot. And they have set out to be dishonest and to deceive the children of Israel. Not really to harm the children of Israel, but because they wanted to preserve themselves. It's more of a self-preservation thing. We must always remember that things are not as they appear. In, Josh, in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 10, he says, I, the Lord, search the heart, I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. Even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of of his doing. As much emphasis as we word people put on words, God looks at the doings. Words are important, but what you do is far more important. When Jesus said, don't be merely hearers of the word, but doers. The person who built their house on the sand was a person who heard the word and did not do it. The person who built it on the rock is the person who heard the word and did it. It's on our doing. What do we do? That's the, that's the big thing. It's our actions. Our words are deceitful. Words are deceitful. We warn you all the time about the news media and the deceitful words that they have out there. They are constantly trying to deceive us. That is their sole goal in life, I am sure. If you do any research to find out the whole thing on stories and then listen to what the news media has to say about it, you are appalled. I was listening to a story that just happened this week. How many have ever heard, heard about uh, Romney? Uh, that, uh, you know, he's, he apparently earned, they dug it up because they wanted to find out how much money did you earn from speaking fees? Does anyone here care about how much Governor Romney earned in speaking fees? Personally, I don't care how much he earned in speaking fees. But they finally dug it up or he gave it to him, whichever way it was, and it was $376,000, $78,000 that he earned in speaking fees. And the media is out there, oh, how outlandish. How could someone earn so much money? I think it was over a course of about eight years that he earned in speaking fees. And, you know, making this out to be, this is the real bad thing. Diane Sawyer, she was, she's a card. I don't know why in the world she's where she's at. She just seems so ditzy to me. Most of the time she opens her mouth. And she came on out and said, oh, that's almost $350,000. <laughs> said that on the news. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, and the, and the guy who uh, reported the story, I, I said 376 or 378, whichever it was, $1,000. Oh, okay. <laughs> she, she can be something else. And they're making it out because, you know, they want to make Romney the bad guy for whatever reason. You know, they always got to make somebody out to be a bad guy. But what they don't tell you is that Bill Clinton earned $82 million in speaking fees. $82 million. Now, I don't care that Bill Clinton earned $82 million. If he can earn $82 million in speaking fees, good for him. If people will pay him $82 million to go someplace and speak, hey, that's fine. I didn't pay it. <laughs> Did you pay it? <laughs> if I didn't, We didn't pay it. 
It don't matter to us. I, don't, I wouldn't pay to go hear Governor Romney speak, and I wouldn't hear to go hear Bill Clinton speak. It, I just wouldn't do it. They're not that, there are some people apparently who do because you don't earn $82 million for nothing. But you see, they're going to go out and they, they oh, $378,000. Then they also made a big thing out because his tax rate was something in between 15 and 18%. What they don't tell you is that's the tax rate when most of your income is an investment income. That is the tax rate. When uh, uh, Kerry ran for president, his tax rate was lower than that. And they even knew the story that Kerry gave zero money, zero to charity. Any charity. He gave zero, nothing, not a dollar. And he had millions, gave nothing to charity. And he paid it. But did you hear all about that? See, they're not out to bring you the story. They're out to shape your opinion. Don't let them do it. If you like a particular candidate, make sure you like them because of the principles that they stand for, because of the Word of God that rises up on the inside of you, and not because the news media makes you think one way or another. Because they are liars. And they will, they will shape... Their, their, their only purpose is to deceive you. It's just like these guys here. Where you can all watch the movies, and how many of us know that the bad guy or the bad gal, because there's you know bad guys and bad gals in movies, and you can always see way ahead of the, per of the star in the movie that they're deceiving somebody, can't you? I mean, you can just sit there and say, don't buy it. They're trying, they're trying to hurt you. But you know, the plot always works, doesn't it? Then the person goes down that way and, and bad things <laughs> tend to happen. And, but we can see it there. But when it's in our own lives, what would somebody think if they're standing on the outside watching us? And they see us get a hold of this information and we start going down the wrong direction. Probably the same thing they were thinking about Joshua. Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 12. But O Lord of hosts, you who test the righteous and see the mind and heart, let me see your vengeance on them for I have pleaded my cause before you. God sees this way. God can tell good people and bad people. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, 1 John 4, 1. But test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. For what purpose? To deceive. Jesus said about the end times, be careful that no one deceive you. The warnings of deception are all over the Word of God. Because people are out to purposely give you wrong information to help you come to a wrong conclusion. They know better. They know what they are telling you is not right. They do not care. Their purpose is to bring you to a wrong conclusion. Don't let them do it. John says, Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So he first talks about testing spirits and then false prophets because there's a wrong spirit in them. Just like people who are out to deceive. There's a wrong spirit in them. Their purpose is to deceive you to get something that they want. To get something that they can manipulate you into. Others will try and deceive you by making their intentions appear good. But their intentions are not good. Their intentions are bad. Their intentions are bad. We got this whole thing now. How many of y'all know that in the political circles, people are always trying to say, well, everybody just needs to work together. We just need to, no matter what side you're on, what side of the aisle on, everybody just needs to work together. Have you heard that? And we all think, you know, people come on out. You know, McCain did that uh, in the last election. Dear Lord, <laughs> coming on out there, what's he saying? I can work with people across the aisle. And, and such things as, as that. That's crazy. Do we want people to work with people that are misguided? Not saying what side of the aisle is misguided. I'm saying if, you, if one side of the aisle is misguided, do you want people on the other side to work with them? No. Do you want people that are of the truth of the Word of God to work with people that are of false, false things? I want people to stand up for what's right. If you believe a thing to be right, stand up for it. And we got people out there, well, you know, we... We've got to just work together. But Harry Reid can get up there and say, I'm not working with them. 
See, the, the, it's, it's, it's all to manipulate us. Don't let them manipulate you. You know the truth. If people line up with the truth, go after it. If not, stand up against it. I put in my notes, it's not in yours. A person reveals more about themselves by their actions than their words. They reveal more about themselves by their actions than their words. Politicians all the time are trying to say how generous we need to be with our money, but are they generous with theirs? Or are they stingy? They're more, you're going to learn more about people by what they do than by what they say. And we see this all the time in the political areas. That you get this constantly. I don't care about people's words. I want to know what they do because that's where the proof of the pudding is. I don't know if any of you are aware of this, but just recently the president signed into law and Congress passed it. I'm not going to get all the details of it, but the government now had the military now has the right to arrest anyone for any reason and hold them indefinitely, anyone for any reason and now can hold them whether they are a United States citizen or whether they are not. Now, when the president signed this into law, he put a, have you ever heard of a signing statement? You know what a signing statement is? A signing statement is what a, se- a president writes next to his signature when he signs a law in. He doesn't always use it. Sometimes the president does. Sometimes they don't. He uses a signing statement and says, don't worry, I won't use this. And that sounds good, doesn't it? But here are the actions. The actions are, when they first wrote this law up, it could not be used against United States citizens, only non-citizens. And the administration said, we don't want that. We want it for both. And they sent the law back and said, until it comes up here with both, we will not deal with it. So the Congress had to go back in and put that in, and then it was signed. Now, which one do you believe? The actions or the words? Your actions will say more about you than your words. Now, let's bring it back here to this story. He says, do not be afraid nor be dismayed. Our words can say, glory to God, I will not be afraid. I will not be dismayed. I will stand up. But if my actions are such that when something goes wrong, when something happens out of the norm, when something happens I don't expect and I become fearful, which is more, which is more telling? What I said or what I did? I can say I trust the Lord. I know the Lord is with me wherever I go. If I become fearful, what am I saying? It's the actions that are what's important. <laughs> it's the actions that are important. What do we do? That's what's important. People, you can, you can come up with all kinds of words. People will throw out words all the time and not mean them. Especially people who are bent on deception. It's the actions. Train yourself to look at this. What have they done? We're getting into the political thing. That's why I talk a little more about political. I want to get you guys thinking. You've got to think political stuff according to the word. According to the word. Not how the people tell you to vote. Not how the news media tells you to vote. Not how you voted in the past. By the word. God knows the hearts of people. He'll reveal them to you too. But look at their actions. If a particular candidate says, I'm not going to do this or I'm going to do this, and they have never or they always do, which do you believe? What they do or what they say? Believe what they do. Because what they do is a measure. What they say means nothing. A deceiver will say anything, but he will not change his doing. Watch what they do. That's all you need to do. Watch what they do. A deception is about to be unfolded. It is going to be unfolded based on evidence that is easily fabricated. It is going to be, uh, be pulled off by words that they say. But what is missing is the actions. Verse 6, And they went to Joshua, to the camp at Gilgal, and said to him, And to the men of Israel, We have come from a far country. Now therefore make a covenant with us. Then the men of Israel said to the Hivites, Perhaps you dwell among us. So how can we make a a covenant with you? 
But they said to Joshua, We are your servants. And Joshua said to them, Who are you? Where do you come from? See, they're suspicious. They are suspicious that they might be in the land. It's not like this hit them blindsided. They were suspicious right off the bat. They might be inside the land. Oh no, we're from a far country. Which one? Far. <laughs> yeah, but which one? Which far? You probably never heard of it. It's, it's far. <laughs> really far away. <laughs> from a far country your servants have come. Because the name of the Lord your God. For we have heard of his fame and all that he did in Egypt. So what they're trying to do. See, they try and butter you up. Deceivers always try and butter you up. They try and make you feel better about who you are, about your situation, how they sympathize with your situation and so forth. Oh, but your God, he, His name has come all the way out. We are where? A far country. That name has come far. <laughs> They're trying to build them up. We know about your God. We heard about all this stuff in Egypt from a far away land. And all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Shihon, king of Heshbon, to and Og, king of Bashan, who was at Ashtaroth. Therefore our elders and all the inhabitants of our country spoke to us, saying, Take provisions with you for the journey and go to meet them and say to them, We are your servants. Now therefore make a covenant with us. Now, why are they here? There are two battles that bring them to this place right now. Ai and Jericho. Do they mention them? No. <laughs> they leave them out, don't they? But those are the two battles that bring it in. But they leave them completely out. Those battles happened out before, but they never came to make the covenant until after Jericho and Ai. But again, they came from a far country. We can't bring these battles up. They're too close. But they know about it. It's real tough you know, when you know about something to make sure that you don't let it slip. So they talk about all these other ones. Remember Og, king of Bashan? He's the big, really big guy. The guy that had a big bed. Huge giant. Therefore, our elders and all the inhabitants of our country spoke to us, saying, Take provisions with you for the journey and go to meet them and say to them, We are your servants. Now, therefore, make a covenant with us. This bread of ours we took hot for our provisions from our houses on the day we departed to come to you. But now, look, it is dry and moldy. How do they know that it was fresh? Because they said so. Now, you gotta believe our words. We don't know you. We gotta, believe me, it was fresh. And these wineskins which we were filled were new. And see, they are torn. And these garments and our sandals have become old because of a very long journey. Uh, people keep repeating the same thing over and over again. You know, just alarm bells should be going off. Then the men of Israel took some of their provisions, but they did not ask counsel of the Lord. So they looked at, they, you know, they examined it. Well, yeah, this is old bread. This is old wineskins and our sandals are sure wore out. They must have come from a far place, but they didn't counsel. They didn't seek counsel of the Lord. They didn't think it's necessary. It's, well, it's pretty... Cut and dry, they came from a fire place. So Joshua made peace with them and made a covenant with them to let them live and the rulers of the congregation swore to them. Now, here's the question. Was this covenant necessary? No, if you came from a far country, we're not going there. We're going in this country. If you came from a far country, we aren't going there. Because all the places that we're going, our bread won't get that old. It's not that far. I mean, Israel is a small area in there. It's just a little area. We're just taking this area over here. If you're from a far country, we're never getting near you. So you're good. Oh, no, no, no. We want a covenant. You don't need one. Just as we can believe your words that you came from a far country, you can believe us that we aren't going to a far country. We're going right here. But they don't do that. They feel the pressure. Oh, we got to move on this. we got to... We've got to do something. But was the covenant necessary? It wasn't. Here's the other thing. Was the covenant one-sided? Was there any benefit for Israel? There was zero benefit. Never get involved in anything that is one-sided. Do not get involved in anything that is one-sided. 
If you want to do something that's one-sided for somebody, then just do it for them. Don't get involved in a covenant about it. If you want to be generous and be nice and just go out there and do something one-sided, that's all fine. But then you can start it and stop it whenever you want to. But don't get involved in a covenant that is one-sided. If you do not benefit, you do not need to put your name on it. That's just wisdom from God. Don't do it. People will try and put you in on that. People will try and pull you in. Oh, you need to go there. Oh, you need to... No, you don't. You don't do it. The Word of God warns us. How many times has the Word of God warned us do not become surety for a friend? In other words, don't co-sign a loan for a friend. (laughs) That's what it's meaning when it says that. Why? Because it's a one-sided covenant. It means the friend benefits... They get the loan, they get the stuff, then they're supposed to make the payments. If they don't make the payments, what happens? They come after you. Is there any benefit for you in this? No. That's why the Word of God says, don't become surety for a friend. Don't do it. Now, sometimes people have done it and it worked out okay. <laughs> but don't don't do it. You want to do it for, you know... A, Son or a daughter, as they're getting ready, that's fine. You have a, a little more responsibility. But don't do it for a friend. Don't get involved in that. It's going to tear apart the friendship. It is a one-sided covenant. Stay out of one-sided covenants. If you want to do something one-sided, then just be graceful and just go on up and bless them. You know, if you go up and bless somebody, it's one-sided. I mean, God blesses you back, but just it's one-sided. But that's fine. You decided and you started it and you stopped it. But a covenant keeps going. Don't do it. They got into a covenant with these folks and it's one-sided. There is no benefit for the children of Israel. These people are not coming from the far country to help them out. They're not sending any money. They're not doing any benefit for Israel. All that happens is that Israel has to benefit them. And they should not have, that should tell them right there, no, 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 no. You want to get us into a covenant, you tell us what, what benefit there is of ours. And that's not wrong to do. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't feel like, you know, let people get you in this thing. Oh, you shouldn't be that way. No, don't do it. Don't be compelled to make promises. Don't be compelled. People will get out there and they will try and compel you to make a promise, to make a commitment that benefits them. They will pass it off as if it doesn't. They'll pass it off as if this is not the, the negative thing that it appears to be. Don't be compelled to make promises. Verse 16. And it happened at the end of three days. Didn't even take long. Three days. But what if they would have just waited for a little bit? And it happened at the end of three days after they had made a covenant with them that they heard that they were their neighbors who dwelt near them. They just heard. How do you hear that? How does that, how does that come? Are the people in the land talking to the children of Israel? I don't know how they heard it, but they heard. Then the children of Israel journeyed and came to their cities on the third day, because it was three days away. Now their cities were Gibeon, Chephirah, Beroth, and Kirjath, Jerim. But the children of Israel did not attack them because the rulers of the congregation had sworn to them by the Lord God of Israel. And all the congregation complained against the rulers. The congregation didn't make the covenant. The rulers did. So they're upset with the rulers. Rightly so. Then all the rulers said to all the congregation, We have sworn to them by the Lord God of Israel. Now therefore, we may not touch them. This we will do to them. We will let them live lest wrath be upon us because of the oath which we swore to them and we just got done with Ai. We don't want that going on again. And the ruler said to them, let them live, but let them be woodcutters and water carriers for all the congregation as the rulers had promised them. Well, see that the, the truth comes out. Always seems that the truth will come out. If you just give it time, the truth will come out. It will be out there. But just give it some time. Just, just wait on it. It'll, it'll be there. You know, somebody is, is wanting to get into a business deal with you and it seems too good to be true. Just wait on it a day or two. Just wait on it. Just a day or two. Just, you know, wait for a little bit. 
and let the truth come to you. <laughs> Father God, we're looking into getting into this, into this deal over here. I'm asking that the truth comes to me about this matter. And the truth will come to you. You know, you can do some research on the thing and you do some looking around on the thing because it, it looks good. And my wife was looking for a certain kind of a piece of equipment to do some workouts to kind of strengthen her knee up and, and some, some, uh, uh, things that she needed. And we were looking at this one they advertise on the TV all the time. Oh, and it looks so good. You know, all the people that are working on it, they're happy. All of them. Everyone who's working, they're happy. They're having a good time. And you see the before pictures and the after pictures. I mean, this just looks so good. And so, uh, you know, it was, it was really looking pretty inviting. So I did some research on it. Looked it up on the internet. And uh, find out, you know, how are people doing with this thing? And found out they aren't doing well at all. <laughs> the things are breaking down. And the people aren't coming out to fix it. And the company's just about bankrupt. <laughs> and it's too complex. It's going to be breaking down on a regular basis. And it's like, oh, man, we're not getting into something like that. That's, that's not a good thing at all. And, uh, but there's no way, you know, there's no way to go try it out. You had to order it and have it be delivered. So we uh, decided that was not a good thing to do. <laughs> if you just, just wait, just check it out. The truth will come to you and you won't make a bad decision. Haven't we all bought something that we wished? Oh, I wish I wouldn't have got Amen. that one. Oh, that was such a bad car. Oh, that was such a bad deal. Oh, that was, that was not what it was supposed to be. And we just didn't like it. It just didn't work as, as we thought it would. Just wait a day or two. Just wait a little bit, a week, whatever it might be. The truth will come to you. And then once the truth comes, it's like, oh, light. Ha. No, we will not do that. <laughs> we will not go that way. We will not spend that money. We will not make that decision. We will not take that job. The truth came out on that one. Glory to God for truth coming out. Where did we leave off at? Verse 21. Then Joshua. Whoops, we missed on some of your spot here. I gave you this truth before. And some of you probably wrote it down someplace because I really made a special emphasis of it, but it's, uh, bears repeating here. Get this down. If you didn't put this down someplace, if you forgot it about it since the last time we gave it to you, don't forget this. The quicker the response becomes necessary, the more likely you are to respond from your flesh. The quicker the response becomes necessary, the more likely you are to respond from your flesh. Whenever the situation is of such, we must decide now. You are more prone to decide from your flesh than any other thing. Don't give in to the pressure. If you're feeling that urgency, something is wrong. Something is wrong. You know, we've gone through how many stimuluses in this country? One under the former President Bush and I believe two others under the current president. And each time they pass one of these stimuluses, what were we sold on? Got to do it now. If we don't do it now, it's all going to fall apart. We found out they passed the first stimulus and how much of that went to foreign banks and labor unions and bailed them out. And then the second one went to foreign banks and labor unions and states and bailed them out. Didn't do what it was supposed to do. Didn't do what they were told it would do. Went out and bailed all these things out. And we went from being $10 trillion in debt. And over the last three years, you know what the current debt is? $10 trillion we were in debt when the current president took office. Do you know what the current debt of this country is right now? $16 trillion. $6 trillion, not of spending, of debt in three years. That's over and above what we had that we spent in three years. All because we got to do this now. And each time it was sold on the same thing. We've got to do it now. They are now over in Congress working on trying to get the debt ceiling raised again because they spent the money they were given. Urgency will mess you up. Just let God work. Bring the thing before the Lord. Father, 
This is what's going on. This is where we are. You know why we make instant, quick decisions? Because of fear. And what is the command of God? Do not be afraid or be dismayed. Be strong and of good courage. If we did that in this country, we would not be $16 trillion in debt right now. $16 trillion. And we're going up at a rate that is alarming. Urgency. It'll get you to spend money. How many times have we been in the mall and saw something? We didn't go into the mall thinking we needed it, but we got in there and all of a sudden we saw it and this is probably the last one. There'll never be another one like that. Here it is. Or oh, it's on sale. I've never seen this on the sale like this. I mean, that is, that is on sale. Wow. I need to get that now. Or, you know, it's the end of the year car blowout. End of the year car blowout. Well, I've never seen prices like this. And we've got to do it now. When they do the infomercials, what do they, what do they stress? Call now because the next 30 callers. If you order in the next 15 minutes, and if you go online the next day, it's still there. <laughs> it's, it's still available to you. There is no urgency. <laughs> it's all, all right there. And if you ever uh, have gone through any of those things, you know, I went through a couple of them. I was thinking, oh, that looks good. Oh, yeah. And I went through. And then after you, all right, we're going to make the decision. I'm going to do this. Oh, and if you want, you can add this to it. For just, it's supposed to be this much more, but we're going to do it for just this much more. Plus shipping and handling. And then you want to add this? You want to double it up. If you want to double it up, well, <laughs> before long, you can go from buying a $15 item to $100. It's going to cost you by the time you get all done. All because there are, oh, but this deal is here now. It won't be here later on. Urgency. Don't let urgency move you. Stay strong. Stay right. They let urgency move them. These people are here now. They need to get going. We need to... Make this covenant, I guess, with them now because they're going to leave. Why do you need to make it? There's no benefit for you to make this covenant. It's on them. Why don't you just say, you know what? Hang out with us for a month. Let us get to know you a little bit. We just met you here. We're not real sure who you are. Hang out with us for a month. I mean, you've been on a long journey. Surely you can use the rest. The animals can use the rest. We can get you some fresh bread. Get you some new wineskins. We'll set you one up for that trip to go on back home. <laughs> Just you know, hang out with us here for a little while. And what would they have said? Oh, no, 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 no. We've been a long... We've got to get going now. <laughs> Urgency. Urgency should tip you off as quickly as the music in a movie. <laughs> because the music in the movie will always tell you what's going on. Right? I mean, aren't there certain telltales of certain of movies... Certain certain types of music and certain beats. Doo-doo. Yeah, <laughs> you just know. You know, Jaws. How did we... Oh, man. Doo-doo, doo-doo. Doo-doo, doo-doo, doo-doo. They just... You, as soon as you heard that music, you know, oh, he's around. He's around. We know he's around. I don't see him yet, but he's around. He's going to jump out. <laughs> you just know it. Or if you have... The certain way the camera walks into the room and it's not steady anymore. It's kind of moving. Oh no. Somebody's coming into the room and they're going to kill somebody. I just know it. There's just certain things in the, that give away in the movie that to let you know this is going on. This is the thing God's telling us in life. Urgency is a, is a red alert. There is a problem and you are going to fall for something. Because God is not into this urgency stuff. He gives you warnings ahead of time. He lets you know, this is coming up. This is going to be going on here. And He moves you into things gradually. He gets you ready. Now, sometimes we've delayed on it, but we realize, I've been delaying on this. I've been resistant. God's been moving me in this area. <sighs> need to listen to that. Then Joshua called for them, and he spoke to them, saying, Why have you deceived us? Saying, we are from a very... from a we are very far from you when you dwell near us. Well, why do you think they deceived you? 
Now therefore you are cursed, and none of you shall be freed from being slaves, woodcutters, and water carriers from the house, for the house of my God. So they answered Joshua and said, Because your servants were clearly told that the Lord your God commanded his servant Moses to give you all the land and to destroy all the inhabitants of the land from before you, therefore we are very much afraid for our lives because of you and have done this thing. <laughs> In other words, we knew you were going to come in and kill us, so we figured whatever happens, <laughs> as long as we have the covenant, you can't kill us anymore, so whatever goes on, we're still alive. And they figured that was better. Alright, woodcutters, slaves, alright, that's better than being dead. <laughs> we'll take it. We'll be, we'll be that. Is this God's will? Does God work something good out of this? No! These people are not to be in the land. God said, if you let these people in the land, they will steal your hearts away from me. And did they not do that? They did. And now, here we are in your hands. Do with us as seems good and right to do to us. Well, of course, you can't kill us because we're in covenant. So, whatever you see is all right. You go right on ahead and do it. So, he did to them and delivered them out of the hand of the children of Israel so that they did not kill them. And that day Joshua made them woodcutters and water carriers for the congregation and for the altar of the Lord in the place which he would choose even to this day. All right, well, we made something out of it, but that's not what God wanted. That's not how God wanted to go about. Urgency messes us up. Don't get caught up in the urgency of things. Don't get caught up in people's words. Check out their words. Have you ever gotten one of those emails that says something outlandish? Is this really true? Does that really happen? Now, thank God, most people don't forward them over to me. But there are a handful that do, you know, people find and they decide that I should want to see this. And they send it on over. And a couple of times it's a, really? Do you think, did that really happen? And so what I always do, I don't forward it over to anybody. You will never get an email forwarded for me. Because if they hit me, they die there. I'll check them out if I need to, but that's it. I don't forward them to anyone else. I don't send them to anyone else. All the cute picture emails, they die with me. If you send them to me, they go nowhere else. They will die in my computer. I just don't, don't do it. But, you know, every once in a while, you know, something funny comes on along and I can enjoy some of them too. My wife gets them from her dad and from other people and they are entertaining and stuff, but I still don't send them out to anybody. They die with me. But a couple of times something came on through and says, I don't know, could that really be? Could that really happen? Is, is someone really trying to do this to us? And so I'll, you know, do some searches on it and come up and I don't just look at the first thing. I, if I'm going to check something out, I check it out at a number of different levels, a number of different sources. And, and uh, then I go to some places that I trust and I look at, what do you have on this thing? And I'll find out. And most times I find out this is crazy. This has nothing to do with it. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of Christian ones that keep getting resurfaced and, and coming out. You know, how many times we have that uh, the uh, atheist uh, O'Hara, whatever her name was, um, she's dead. But, you know, some, re- some relative of hers is trying to resurrect something and, and bring that on out and do this sort of thing and stuff like that. So I do a check on it and find out. You know, they even give the bill number. Here's the bill number. They're trying to pass this. And, and you look it up. There's no bill that way. <laughs> it's not there. And so you just, just check some of these things out. Just because there's words does not mean there's anything there. Mm-hmm. You need to find out. They're going to throw out some accusations. I'm still fuming. I don't know about you, but I am still fuming. I am almost as hot today as I was the day that it went on when they destroyed Herman Cain. You know what? They, they destroyed him by people who said nothing about any situation. They just, something happened. What? Well, you know, something. Trust us. Something happened. Well, what happened? Well, something did. Okay, what? Man's life and his family were torn up. And all he wanted to do was run for this country and try and make it better. I'm still fuming at that. I liked him. I still haven't heard that any of those accusations were even founded. or they had, But just the media can just throw it out there and destroy a person's life. I heard he dropped out because you know, it's just so much on this pressure on his family and stuff like that. I'm still mad at that. I'm still mad at what that did to Judge Bork. I still don't, I sometimes just go through a day and all of a sudden remember, oh, 
because so angry. Because there was nothing he did. Nothing that he did. They just try to throw stuff up there. And then they have all these people that you know they have done stuff. Wow. It's no big deal. No, it's not nothing. Oh, I get so irritated at, at that kind of stuff. But this is the world that we live in. This is what they do. But God gives us wisdom. And God will help us to overcome. And I thank God that I'd, the news media picked our candidates last year. I don't want them to be picking the candidates this year. And so I pray along those lines. Father God, I thank you. Whatever the news media tries to throw out, to slander whoever it is they're trying to slander, that it will come out. The truth will come out. And the news media will see, be seen for the laughing stocks that they are. Anybody hear the debate on Monday? I think it was Monday. I didn't hear it. I heard excerpts of it on the day after. Dear Lord, that sounded like it was the best debate ever in the history of debates. Oh, man, some of the things that went off. The audience was... Le- Did anybody see it at all? Oh, you ought to go up there and just uh, YouTube some of the things that are in there. The audience gave them a standing ovation. Uh, 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 one of the candidates actually got a standing ovation for his answer. And it was, uh, I think it was a Fox debate. And one of these guys got up and asked a question that was a ridiculous question. Stupid question. And the answer would just put him in his place without directing it at the reporter at all and just answered, oh, it's a beautiful answer. It seemed like a whole bunch of them had just some great, great stuff in there. If you didn't see it, I heard a whole lot of excerpts of it. I'm going to look forward to hearing some more. But if you didn't, go on up there and you can check them out. I think it was on Monday. I think it was Fox. Uh, I'm not positive as to, to where, the, where it went to, but uh, it was out there somewhere. But just pray. Father God, I thank you. Lies will not stand. And they won't stand in your life. Just wait. Just wait. If they would have just waited three days, they would have been spared all this. Now, of course, they didn't know that, but there was no reason for them to make this covenant. There was no reason for them not to seek the Lord God. If they would have sought the Lord God, what would God have said? Don't do it. They're in the land. And they could have come out and said, God told us you're in the land. Told us you're over here in this city. Is that so? No, no. All right, we're going to go over that city next. You can come with us. Let's go see. God will help you. He will bring the light to expose the fraud that people have lined up for you. If you seek after him. But don't be afraid. If people come to you and say, this is going to happen to you, you better compromise and do this over here what's the word of god say be strong and of good courage do not fear or be dismayed don't do it <laughs> don't do it oh but you don't know what's coming don't do it Amen. don't do it it's a command it is it is not a suggestion <laughs> it is a command it's a command that's repeated for many a person in the word of god be of good courage do not fear, nor be dismayed. Keep it up. Well, we're not going to get into all of chapter 10 here, but let's just read a little bit of this. Now, it came to pass when Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, boy, there's a good, good town, huh? Heard how Joshua had taken Ai and had utterly destroyed it as he had done to Jericho and his king. And so he had done to Ai and its king and how the inhabitants of Gibeon had made peace with Israel and were among them that they feared greatly because Gibeon was a great city like one of the royal cities, and because it was greater than Ai, and all its men were mi- all its men were mighty. In other words, they weren't just normal fighting men. These guys were Rambo types. <laughs> Therefore, Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, sent to Hoshim, king of Hebron, Piram, king of Jarmuth, Japhia, king of Lachish, and Debir, king of Eglon, saying, Come up to me and help me, that we may attack Gibeon, for it has made peace with Joshua and with the children of Israel. Therefore the five kings of the Amorites, the king of the Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmuth, the king of Lachish, and the king of Eglon, gathered together and went up, they and their armies, camped before Gibeon and made war against it. And the men of Gibeon sent to Joshua at the camp of Gilgal, saying, Do not forsake your servants, come up to us quickly, 
Save us and help us, for all the kings of the Amorites who dwell in the mountains have gathered together against us. If we are Joshua, how many of us are saying, yeah, we'll be there soon. Give us three days. <laughs> it's a long, you guys are a long way away. Yeah, it's good. You guys are a long way away. <laughs> Could take us a little while to get there. We'll, we'll hurry. <laughs> I think I'm more apt to be responding in a way like that, but they did not. They did not. It's a hard thing to honor your word and lose what should have been yours. It is a hard thing to honor your word and lose what should have been yours because you honored your word. That's why you be careful about how you put your word out there. It is even harder to defend those who deceive. It is even harder to defend. It's a tough thing to do. They deceived you into this thing and now you've got to go out there and defend them? How many mighty men are in Gibeon? All of them are mighty. Now you're stuck with a problem. We defend these mighty people or we give them swords and help them defend. Do you trust them? Do you want to give the people of Gibeon swords? Do you want to trust them? So now you're stuck. You should not have to make this decision. You should not be involved. Wisdom, God's wisdom does not have to go here because first off, there should not be a Gibeon. It should be wiped out. All the men should be wiped out. But they're not. But now they're there. So should we use them? <laughs> or should we just go at it ourselves? It is a hard thing to defend those who have deceived you. I put this at the end. Many are faithful to their word when it is beneficial. There are many people who will be faithful to the word that they have spoken when it is beneficial. When it benefits them. Less will when it hinders their gain or profit. How many people do you know that they will hold to their word until they lose something? Ah, oh, well, they forget that. <laughs> I'm just going there and do this way. Few will remain faithful if they stand to lose something. Not just hinders. But few will remain faithful if they stand to lose something. Oh, be careful. Be faithful with your words. Here is why it's so important. How powerful are the words of God? God speaks something. I mean, it's wow. When the angel came down to wipe out the soldiers that were coming against Israel, he opened his mouth and said the word came out like a sword and devoured them. Slew them right there. God's words are powerful because God is faithful to His Word. It goes hand in hand. You will only be as powerful with your words as you are faithful with them. That's a huge lesson to learn. It's a huge lesson for us to learn. If we are not faithful with our words as God is faithful with His our words do not have the power that His does. We all want to go out there and confess, my words will do this because God's words will do this. But as soon as we speak something and then there's opportunity, well, I might lose something here. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to honor that anymore. You deceived me. Here's a story right here. It tells you. Joshua even said, we made a covenant with him. We spoke out a covenant. It makes no difference because it's between us and God that they deceived. It makes no difference at all. We will do it. We will honor it. It's important that we be faithful with our words because then they will have power. Now, you want to see a case, an example where you can see this in your own life? How many parents, no, of course, no parents that are here, <laughs> other parents in other cities and such. How many times have you run into a parent who makes idle threats to their kids? When we get home, I'm going to... I'm going to take that away and you won't have it for a month. And they got it back in two days. What are they doing? They are not being faithful with their words and with their children do their words have meaning? Do they have power? Do they have effect? No. They ignore their words because, well, they always say stuff like that. And they have no power in their life. 
But how many of you also know parents who mean what they say? And the kids know. They mean what they, they say. It It's happening. <laughs> and if they say something, fear comes in the hearts of those children. Oh, no. Mom said this is going to happen. And they become fearful because the words have power, because they are faithful with their words. In order for that to happen, we must be careful with the words that we speak. We cannot speak on urgencies. We must speak after time has passed. Let the events that come in settle down. Listen to the voice of God. Let the wisdom of God come to you that's in the Word that you've sown inside of you. You've sown the Word on the inside of you. Let it come into wisdom and speak out of that wisdom and then be faithful with what you speak. And you will have power with your words. There are some people who are talking all the time and their words have no significance. There's other people who don't speak a whole lot. And when they do, you're listening. What did, what did they say? We want to hear. We want to know. Because their words are careful, thought out, deliberate. They don't say anything by accident. They say things on purpose. There are some people that speak on their emotions. If they feel something at the moment, they speak it. If they feel something else an hour later, they speak that. How influential are they with people? But there are those who don't speak on emotion. They wait. And they let the truth come out about the situation. Let the wisdom that has been sown in their life come up on the inside of them. And then they speak to it. And it changes things. That's where we want to be. That's where we want to get to. If you want to get to that spot, be faithful with your words. We look at Joshua and say, Oh, I don't understand Joshua. Yeah, I would I wouldn't have done this. I would have done it this way. Joshua knew my words are going to have power, then I must be faithful to the words that I speak. If you say you'll do this, if you say this, be faithful with the words. Don't speak things accidentally. Speak them on purpose. No one got in trouble for speaking too little. You get in trouble for speaking too much. Let the words that come out of your mouth be words that are spawned by the faith in God's Word, by the wisdom that comes up into God's Word. And then when you speak it, make note of it. I said you will not have that for a week. I appreciate your efforts of repentance. And they are all taken. But in one week, you will have it back. I will be faithful. And if you do that, then you'll be really careful about the things you say. Don't ever say something that you are not willing to carry out. Because you are lessening the power of your words. Don't, don't do it. Be faithful to your words. Oh, and your words will have power. Father, we thank you for the words, word of God, the words that you have put on the inside of us. They are brewing, they are sowing, or they've been sown in us and they are becoming fruitful on the inside of us. Father, out of those words come wisdom. Now that wisdom we speak. We don't speak out of emotion, we don't speak out of urgency. We speak out of the knowledge of your word. We're a firm believer in the things that we say have meaning. Therefore, we are careful with what we say. We're not quick to answer people. We may say, let me think about that. Let me spend some time on that. And we let the wisdom of God brew on the inside of us. We let the truth find us on that matter so that we don't become deceived. Father, I thank you for the help that you give us on it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Before we go, there's one more story I remember. Brother Hagen told us. 
Brother Hagin was with a bunch of other ministers, and they were talking about a particular minister who had fallen, who had gotten involved in a sin. It was well, it was well known. It was not a hidden thing. People knew what they had, that he had done it, and he had even admitted that he had done it. And they were all talking about it, and they asked Brother Hagin, what do you think about Brother So-and-so? And he gave his opinion on it. And, uh, you know, that uh, this guy obviously, you know, he said something that was not the most flattering for the, the person because obviously he, he missed it and he stepped out. And God dealt with him very strongly about that. Anybody remember hearing that story? Oh, man. I'll tell you what. we got to remember. God holds us to a certain standard. Just because other people are going around flapping their mouth doesn't mean the standard's gone. It means that person doesn't live by it. But if you want to have the standard of power that comes with it, then operate by the standard of faithfulness and obedience that's required. Oh, I'll tell you what, our life changes when we can do stuff like that. Amen? Questions, comments, anything to add?